I would only have energy for like one thing that day. Like, and you know, so what is that going to be? Total body like weakness. Um, I kept getting weaker as far as like uh, my exercising went. You're listening to the Floxy Hope Podcast. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services. Hey, Jason here from the Floxy Hope Podcast. I am interviewing two new friends of mine. They're wonderful people. It's Chris and Annie, and I wanted to talk to them about how floxing affected Chris personally and how it affected his relationship with his wonderful girlfriend, Annie, and what struggles they have seen going through this and also what successes they had seen. And it's wonderful to hear that dynamic because I myself had had this happen with my wife going through this so I can relate and I'm hoping that their story resonates with you. Wanted to let you guys know there's some cool new features on the website floxyhope.com. We're offering group therapy hosted by my wife who's a therapist and then also some doctor referral programs to get you in touch with doctors working in the field of fluoroquinolone treatment and as always great blog posts and a new web page dedicated to recommendations, that being books and things that could help you heal. Hope you liked today's episode. Thanks for listening. All right, Jason here from Floxy Hope. I am with two of my fabulous guests, and I want to let them introduce themselves and tell you guys a little bit about um, what happened to them um, and what they're going through their challenges and their successes. So you guys can introduce yourselves. Um, yeah, well, uh, my name's Christopher James Talia and uh, yeah, I'm a musician and a multimedia artist based out here in Los Angeles, California. Um, I took a Leviquin, nice little 10 day course of that one back in 2014 and uh, it was a pretty intense time for me. Um, I was preparing for a recording session and I was uh, pretty into bodybuilding back then. I was a bodybuilder uh, studying to be a personal trainer. And uh, so it kind of uh, messed with that a bit, to say the least. Kind of freaked me out. Um, I, I remember first uh, feeling this like, tingling sensation going on in my left arm when I was practicing for this recording session. I was like, what is this? And then kind of remembering what the label said and how it was kind of a strange uh, label that it was like, you know, this antibiotic, but it, it said, uh, you know, watch out for the Achilles tendon rupture. But uh, I was a really strong dude at that point. So um, my doctor never mentioned anything about it. So I just took it but then after that, I was like, definitely feeling some strangeness. I went from deadlifting like 400 pounds to not being able to carry my groceries like one block. Uh, I remember like I had this, these two bags of groceries. It was like in one bag was like a jar of tomato sauce and like some pasta. And then the other one was like some vegetables. 
and it was like searing my uh, my arms um, as I was walking back home. And uh, at that point, I started like the internet deep dive and found out all the crazy stuff that's going on with this drug. And um, yeah, after that, it was just like, you know, how do I fix this? Um, I still have the issue that I, uh, that my doctor supposedly prescribed the antibiotic to fix. So I had to deal with that still. And uh, I was also, I was doing that recording session. I wound up actually doing that recording session and it's actually uh, posted um, on my YouTube channel, if anyone wants to check it out. Uh, it's with some pretty awesome jazz musicians. I made it through that day with like a ton of caffeine and like in between recordings, I was like laying on the floor, just like <laughs> trying to recoup as much energy. And um, it didn't really like the session. I mean, I, I it's it didn't really go as exactly how I planned because I was like practicing super hard. I wanted to like transcend what I was doing at that point, and that was like gonna be kind of like my um a record of like how far i'd come i, I suppose in like the, those like months leading up to it um stuff i was working on but it's out there and i'm glad glad i did it glad i had enough energy to make it through that one um and then about a month after that i had to get surgery for the thing that uh i actually uh you know, that, that was causing me problem. It was a physical problem, not a bacterial one. Um, and then four weeks after that, I went to India to teach um, music for six months. And um, that was actually a good thing for me because it was like crazy, but also the healthcare and physical therapy that I got out there was like very affordable. And um, I, I don't know, that, that was a good time for me. Um, and I had some healing during that period. Um, I was also like financially stable during that period, which was nice. Um, and then like after, I would say after I came back to New York, which is where I'm from, um, I, uh, it was good for a little while, actually. Um, I was like doing stuff. I was playing gigs. Uh, I was playing upright bass gigs a lot. And, um, and you were still like active yeah and I was still I was still at the gym and stuff it was much like less intense it was less uh, strength related more just like uh, you know getting getting the pump on and that kind of stuff um, and then fast forward to moving out to LA in like 2018 um, about three months into the move out here that's when more strange things started to happen. Um, the, what, what is neuropathy in my left arm started to intensify. And, um, and then it eventually moved into my right arm. Um, and, uh, and then just like, kind of like total body like weakness. Um, I kept getting weaker as far as like uh, my exercising went. Well, another thing that we noticed too when we came out to LA was that you were starting to have a um, like eczema flare-ups, and it's something that he never had back in um, in New York. So we were wondering if there's something in the like in the air or the water that might be affecting you a little more, like a little more so than like 
the average person. And maybe that was something that also exacerbated all of the, um, the issues that he had had now, I guess, four years later, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's all been kind of a mystery. Like, it, I guess, you know, people know like a little bit about what these antibiotics do to you. Um, but it's kind of a mystery, uh, all the different things that could possibly trigger it. And it seems like in general, maybe we live in a toxic time, all the, you know, antibiotics and pesticides and food and, you know, what's going on with the environment, especially out here. I mean, you could like look outside and you could see the smog and the, and all that stuff. So who knows, you know, um, but it definitely, yeah, just started going downhill. Um, and uh, until recently, um, it's been looking up, got the uh, treatment with Dr. Dr. Galili, and that's been going well. I'm still going through that at the moment. Um, Why did you seek out his help now? I, it was really bad. It was like, uh, after I shot that music video, the Man on a Mission music video, oh, that's right. it totally, like there was a lot of running and like being pulled on a rope and all this stuff, like crazy stuff in there. So um, it like, I was done after that. I was so tired and um, I just didn't recover from it. I wasn't recovering from stuff. Um, stopped working out. I was still running a little bit, but then that stopped also in like January. And, um, and then I was like, this is crazy. I gotta do something, see what's out there. And I found him. I had found him once before. Um, during the summer, I was actually like searching up stuff. Cause from, from time to time, like, when I first had this antibiotic experience, um, I was heavy into like, what kind of supplements can I take? What can I do to, to uh, you know, to ameliorate the situation? And then after a while, after it like, you know, I, it kind of settled into like the new normal. I was like, you know what? There's like nothing to do about this. It's just gonna be the life. So I'm gonna settle in. There's no cure for it. You know, time, time is the only cure. So, uh, uh, so I stopped looking for it and then like, you know, it stuff started to get really bad this past summer and um, I, I found him and I was like, reached out. I was like, this is probably way too expensive for me. Um, and so I didn't like wind up, you know, uh, inquiring or anything. But then when it was really bad earlier this year, early 2021, I like, you know, had a conversation with my parents. I was like, might want to try this really having a dark time over here and uh and yeah i'm going through it now and um i would say in addition to the treatments helping i also like cleaned up my lifestyle a good deal um stopped with the caffeine uh stopped smoking weed um not that weed's bad or that i know it's bad it's just that maybe the smoking you know toxins and, and whatnot coating the lungs something that i maybe suspected uh also something that turned up when, uh, like, you know, I, tur I turned it up when uh, I came out to California because it's legal out here. Um, so what was the thing that was like allowing him to go on the caffeine and the weed? Yeah, it was like, it was like my inspiration. It was like uh, the, you know, the muse to keep practicing a lot, to keep writing music and to keep like kind of just interested in things. Um, and it was really hard to stop. I will say that. Um, and because at any time I'd ever try to quit caffeine, especially before I, I would feel like sick, like for weeks. Um, 
but I did it. I'm on day 50 now. It's great. Um, nice. Yeah. And um, yeah, I got, I'm doing one more uh, treatment with uh, Dr. G tomorrow. And then I'm going back off to New York for, um, for a little while, for a little, little rest and recovery. Um, and that's pretty much uh, that part of my life in a nutshell, I guess. Nice. It's um, always hard to hear when someone takes an antibiotic for a suspected thing that it's supposed to treat and then it doesn't work. And then you still have the issue before the antibiotic, after the antibiotic, plus you have all these other issues, right? Like that's, it's yeah. a hard, hard pill to swallow, so to speak. It's uh, not only that, like what he was prescribed for was actually, um, his test came out negative and the doctor prescribed him the Leviquin anyway. Yeah. So know. he was never supposed to really have it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And there's this mindset in this country where you just trust the doctor, right? Like, it's yeah. like ingrained in our society, I feel. Like my parents always brought us to the doctor and we just took what they said and, and took their advice and never questioned it. And then you, you get to that point of that prescription of Leviquin or Cipro and you're like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. And you don't expect all this crazy stuff to happen, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. How, um, has it affected your like relationship for you guys? Like, has it been up, down, I'm assuming? Like it's, it's been hard. Yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, we met like, like about a year after I took the Leviquin and I was like settled into the new normal at that point. And, um, and at that point, my symptoms weren't really that, that uh, debilitating. I was like working uh, regularly playing upright bass gigs, like I said, and um, I was working out like my quality of life was pretty good. My stress was pretty low at that point. So we met, we we really had like a, a great time and built a lot of experiences together. Yeah, I mean, we were young and we didn't have a whole lot of responsibilities. And I feel that was also part of, uh, you know, that stress-free life. And I think having less stress also probably um, just in general uh, didn't have like, it, your symptoms weren't as bad when your stress level wasn't, you know. I don't know if, it, if it's correlated, but um, I mean, at the time, I never heard you complain. And I didn't know how bad it was until, I honestly didn't even know that he had any pain at all until we came out to LA. That's when he started um, expressing it. And I would say the, the, the most tense, the most, um, just the most difficult part of it all was the fact that because of the debilitating pain I felt that he was um, unable to move forward with um, some of the responsibilities that I, you know, felt that he needed to take on. Of course, not understanding the full extent of like what he was going through, because I didn't, I, I myself had never experienced, you know, chronic pain. So I don't know what what kind of psychological issues that cause on top of the physical issues. So I was not understanding it. All I saw was this brilliant, talented, 
just bright shining star that had so much ahead of him that just but he just couldn't get past a certain point with his career and you know like uh the life responsibilities so those were you know kind of recurring topics that we kind of fought over and again i didn't understand how bad it was and how that was um contributing to his um just paralysis and moving forward with his life yeah it's hard it's like bandwidth right like you only have so much um physical mental emotional bandwidth going through this like for chris he probably had a certain amount of potential and then this like almost limits that because you just get tired or you you run into relapses where um you know it kind of drains you for days and weeks and months and you just get off track with like life goals and things and it's it's super hard for sure yeah i mean i was just seeing him on a constant cycle of just obsessive practicing followed by you know, intense amount of pain because of that obsessive practicing. And then it would just go back to sort of like that depressive mode and not being able to like work on actual production. You know, it would just be practicing the cycle of practicing and the weed and the caffeine, all that stuff. And it just, um, it was definitely, it was definitely, I, I would say that we were on the verge of like potentially breaking up like several times because of it. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I feel like it wasn't until I met like you and um, like Edward um, over at uh, Regenerative um, Medicine LA and like, and then also talking to Lori there that I really truly started to understand like how debilitating this was. Mm -hmm. It takes away your mind, body, your spirit. And lastly, like the things you're passionate about, like if, you know, you can't like Chris, Chris, you get it. Like if you can't play the instruments that you love that make, make you feel alive, like because your body won't let you like, that's hard emotionally. It's like super frustrating. So you were like using things to keep you going to get that, that done. Right. Cause you were fulfilling yourself, but you were needing like caffeine and just constantly going through that cycle. Um, but it keeps you sane, right? Like that's kind of what you need. Yeah, it was, it would, it would be like, I would only have energy for like one thing that day. Like, and yeah. you know, so what is that gonna be? And, and then after that, like no more mental energy. It was just completely fried. And then like, if I went really hard with the practice, I'd like wake up with like crazy arm pain, which is just like, you know, you wake up first thing in the morning, like it's already hard to get up. Like, even if you're just like a normal person, maybe it's like a little difficult you're like uh i'm a little tired you know maybe hit the coffee but you know when you wake up and you just like you got pain in, in your hands and stuff it's like i don't know i mean how am i gonna how am i gonna do this again today but yeah. that's I, you know. I know it's um uh, you, you almost wake up to understanding and knowing your limitations and it's defeating but when you get to a certain point where you get those things back after losing them, it's uh, pretty rewarding for sure. But it's uh, it's a mind game, right? Like I'm sure you've, you've been in your head more than you'd, you'd ever want to be at your age, right? For sure. Yeah, you, like it, it made me a lot more fearful, I think in general. Um, and that like started with like just physical activity, like just pushing myself, like how far do I, 
with myself during this workout. Um, and then I think that like transferred over that mentality just transferred over into like every other aspect of life, like being fearful, even to do like very simple things like apply for jobs or, uh, you know, anything really. Um, so yeah. Eating that is, uh, is the, I guess that's, that's, that's what I'm working on now. You know, I'm trying to, uh, just be more normal more uh more functional um and also it. to keep trying to pursue those things that make me happy and uh you know have my career turn out the way i want it to as well it's all uh, a bit stressful but um you know got good support system and stuff so and your energy's been back yeah the energy coming back is great and uh, the the uh the neuropathy is still there a bit, but the energy is uh, so much better. And I feel more resilient. Awesome. Like uh, social interactions don't give me as much uh, exhaustion as they used to. That was one thing. Um, I mean, I'm an introverted person, person just in general, but um, really like the thought of like socializing and like being around normal people that are not affected by this is like, kind of exhausting in a way just to see other people live their life and do their things without any without without this this hindrance you know everyone has blocks in their life i guess but um you know they don't have this block most people um so it's just like you know seeing other people be able to work on their thing and progress and exercise and get stronger and that's it's like can't do that anymore <laughs> so but uh you know and in an age where you know social media is so prevalent and everybody is like putting up updates on their progress and stuff i'm sure it wasn't easy seeing all that and with all of your musician friends who are incredibly uh competitive like you are i know that that also brought you down too for sure but no more yeah. no more no more no more i think once you um start like i said getting those pieces of your life back you can start feeling hopeful towards like okay i'm not as i'm not like in as much pain and my focus is better my clarity is better my you know my energy is better you can start like making up for lost time you know it's a hard thing to think that it is lost time but essentially it is right like if you could have gotten those seven eight years back um the amount of things you could have gotten done but you're just different you know you're in a different timeline you're learning and growing in a different way yeah honestly it like it's it was both good and bad like looking at it objectively like i was really obsessed with um being like the best upright bass player i wanted to be the best upright bass player and um because i had to like uh, when that instrument, one, when I first moved out to California, I didn't have an upright bass. I was like actually focusing more on guitar. And especially I was attracted to the guitar at that point because it was a smaller instrument that requires less hand uh, tension to play than the upright bass. Um, I started to dig into that a bit more. Then the guitar got a bit too hard. So I moved to like piano and voice and stuff like that. So like because of, of this, I, um, I like learned instruments that I don't think that I would have if I were to have just continued on that like singular um, upright bass journey. 
Um, and then also, I think it like generated an intense amount of anger in me, which like definitely comes out in, in my uh, music. So, I mean, it's not that anger is like a good thing necessarily. It's just that it like made me write more interesting songs or something or uh, yeah. And to just like to look at, um, also the other thing is that it makes you more conscious about like what you put in your body and, um, and also how society is wired. It makes you just like look at things a bit different. So in some ways I'm like, you know, kind of, uh, I can see the, the silver lining in, in the experience. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, but now I've gained a lot and now I kind of, I really want to like start, you know, moving forward. <laughs> But it was, uh, yeah, it was mixed, I would say. Yeah, you've definitely found your voice as an artist through this all, this experience. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even really like start writing um, like songs with lyrics until uh, this experience. I um, was like really into the instrumental jazz uh, stuff. And um, so it totally changed my expression. probably tapped into a part of you like emotionally and spiritually that you didn't even know was there right totally yeah i yeah. mean his lyrics are so intense i mean obviously there's a lot of music that's not out yet but just it's really worth worth uh, listening to so i'm really looking yeah to see him blossom as an artist i'm really yeah excited. yeah it's awesome it's something i look forward to i mean that you could leave this like huge mark on the world just from the lyrics that you've like written from the things you've been through you know so that's kind of a gift right a gift within a not a curse but like a bad time you know like a bad part of your life that you turned into this like different different good thing like right. you like suffered for the people and now you have this like gift to give to the people yeah perspective yeah, this um, this whole experience has made me so humble. Like, it's just, uh, you know, it makes you a different person. I would sit outside and just like listen to the birds and I'm like, whoa, I'm enjoying this. I don't think at 30 something, I would just take the moment and time to sit there and listen to nature and like relax, you know, it's uh, completely changes you, but it's, uh, it's great though. I've learned so much. I met so many great people like you guys going through this. So it's, it's got its blessings in disguise. So what are some major roadblocks that you've come across like you guys together that you've supported each other and, and been able to conquer through this? Like, what are some of the big things you were like, yeah, we have this issue, but we figured out a way to get through it. Well, first of all, I, when I realized, when we really realized what the root of the problem was, I decided to stick around and commit and support 100%. Nice. Um, of course, you can't say once you actually commit, it's still not an easy road from there. Um, but mm -hmm. at the time, uh, like about two years ago, I started my own business. And um, Chris has been an immense, um, immense guide and a coach um, through that journey. Um, he's been, he's never missed a single like investor meeting with me. He's been the voice that I, even myself as the, the founder didn't have. And um, even though he wasn't, you know, like 
100% invested in his musical career. Uh, well, I didn't say it really just right. I, he wasn't working like 100% of the time on his music at the time. And so he was able to give that time to me instead and help me, you know, grow this business to, um, to where it's at today. Not that we're that far along, but I certainly would not have been, um, have gotten here without Chris's help. Um, but what was, what was super difficult? I mean, it's just always emotional, you know, it's, it's emotional yeah. when you see your partner have all this, uh, all this talent and skill and just like not really going anywhere with it, you know, like it, it could be frustrating yeah. selfishly on my end, yeah. but still frustrating nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, you got for, yeah for, for me, it was like, I knew that, um, I, like objectively, I know that I have um, a decent amount of musical ability, but it's like, it was like one thing that was really keeping me from, um, you know, playing with other people is just like, am I gonna experience so much pain during a session that like, I'll have to stop and then I'll have to like explain my situation and then like, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff popped up a lot for me, um, you know, like, cause, and, and I was always trying to correct my technique so that like I could play lighter and play with more ease so that um, I could express myself without feeling so much pain. Um, and it's like, and, and then it just, it just piles up and it, it kind of becomes, uh, if you don't get out there, it becomes this like insurmountable thing to like, you know, is it even a, a reality? Could it be a reality? Like, you know, so you get, yeah, you get really in your head. But yeah. I don't know if you guys have a good support system. It seems like you guys support each other very, you complement each other very well. It, it was more than just us two, I mean, other than the fact that I believe that we have incredible communication, um, we do have support system outside of just ourselves. Like his parents are just amazing. Uh, they have been supporting us through this journey and they have been financially helping, um, you know. Yeah, uh, they're helping me do the, the, treatment. the treatment. And then also my and my family have been also incredibly supportive. Um, really helping me with everything that they can uh, for my business. So it's, it's more than just us two. We can't take, take, take all the credit, um, right? You need, you need a support system outside of just you guys to be as uh, happy and amazing as you both are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like Emily and I, we, uh, we have these roadblocks that we run into all the time where I'll get to a point where I'm healthy and then I'll have like a little tiny setback and be like so defeated where like you can, you can tell like emotionally, like I wear my emotions outside, I kind of get guarded and she would know that, but we've, we've had a, a hard time getting to a point where I'm able to communicate that I'm having a bad time, her being able to understand it and then support me. I almost just bottle up and kind of ignore the, the world that I'm in and just kind of change my personality to a, a negative place it's been, that's been the hardest thing to, to figure out. And you guys seem to have like really good communication, which is awesome. Through uh, like during the, was it Leviquin or Lux? Or, uh, Cipro. It was Cipro. Cipro. 
And was she, were you guys together when you took it? Or she no, she came along like four years later, three and a half years. I was pretty normal for a long time, just like Chris. And then all of a sudden um, I pushed myself physically too hard and then it just came back fierce. So she was with me for like, I bought a year, had moved in and then I just went crashed, you know? Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how uh, it can, you know, show up like, you know, plenty of years or months after you take the thing. It's yeah. Really, uh, such a mystery, um, such a mystery uh, drug, really. It really is. It's it's scary because, like, I don't know if, like, 30 years down the road or 20, I don't even know, like, however long I live, like, will that happen again? And will I be able to sustain that? Um, I've been pretty... Um, pretty aware of the symptoms. I try to fight them before they get there. But yeah, I've seen it happen to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's definitely one of the questions that I have. Like, I mean, I took it when I was twenty four. Uh, so, like, uh, you know, what's it going to be like when I'm sixty? I, I hope that, like, by the time I'm sixty, you know, by the time we're we're that age, like, uh, they they figure out some stuff, and like, you know, there's just like a real quick solution for it you know uh, yeah i hope so i've been trying to to just talk to a bunch of doctors and figure it out and we have the technology we just don't have like the funding and the dedication by like researchers and labs to like work on the dna stuff and the mitochondrial stuff but hoping something comes down the pipeline eventually yeah i mean it's gotta it's good it's it's uh it, it, it coming to the surface um, is going to make so many people realize what's happened to them. I think, I think it, I think a lot of people are affected by this uh, medication. There's so many different uh, fluoroquinolones and quinlone medications out there. So uh, a lot of people take them. Uh, yeah. Pharmaceutical adverse reaction, like, like long-term stuff is probably the biggest silent epidemic other than like Lyme disease in my opinion, like fibromyalgia is completely mislabeled as like some sort of pharmaceutical. It's like an unknown, right? Fibromyalgia is like this. Uh, doctors don't know what to do. Like, and I think I've seen more floxies get that that label. And I feel like the label should be like, let's look into what pharmaceuticals you had taken and why you have long term side effects. You know? And this turns on like a lot of autoimmune stuff like eczema, right? So you probably never had a huge eczema issue before. I, um, I did when I was like 13. I also had, I had Lyme, Lyme disease uh, when I was like 10. Well, twice. I mean, I guess I had like a, a flare up when I, uh, when I was 13. Um, and then at that time, they, when they put me on um, some kind of antibiotic the second time, I started to have all of these strange things. Like I remember I got some, some fungus under my fingernails and like, uh, like the eczema came about at that point. It was like a strange like pattern on my arm. Um, and then, yeah, once I moved out to California cause the eczema went away for like decade. And then when I moved out to California, um, I started getting eczema like under my, you know, Just hair. under my hair. Um, and so, yeah, it's really a curious thing. Um, I'm, I like, I've questioned why, like, why do I live out in California? <laughs> because 
I'm sorry, it's totally uh, like, my fault, really. I'm sure, because I'm sure that there is something um, here, possibly that is uh, triggering my uh, my symptoms in some way. Um, I don't know what, it's really hard to pinpoint, but um, we just got a fluoride filter for the shower. Nice. Osmosis for our water. Yeah. What's next? Uh, air filter, maybe. Yeah, maybe <laughs> We've been talking about it. Yeah. In air filter, yeah. You guys live in the city, right? I yeah, mean, we live in, in downtown. downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Worst air quality in the nation. <laughs> Maybe. Really? Is it like, I heard that Long Beach is pretty bad because it's right next to the port. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, anywhere where it's warm and smog just like kind of, you know, hangs around. I mean, if you're in a valley, I guess it's not as bad, but like, you know, if you're higher elevations, you're just like breathing it in, but... Our environment is a product of our existence, unfortunately. Yeah. Industrial revolution. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you guys, like, what are the plans for the future for, for you two? Like, what are you hopeful for going through this? What have you learned? Like, let's get into the deep talk, right? Like, what have you gained from this? Where are you going? Um, well, hopefully healing. And I mean, I, I want to push forward with my... Uh, my creative endeavors. Um, where I'm working very slowly on, on another music video uh, for the second song that I put out called King Slayer. Um, I have another song that I'm that's the angry song. Yeah, King Slayer. <laughs> King Slayer is angry-ish. You know, <laughs> they're all like lighthearted, ang angry. Some more cynical, I guess, in the vibe. Um, I got another song that I finished that's probably going to go out this summer, um, and I have two more after that that I'm working on. So just keep releasing music and see where that goes and try to find some stability. And uh, yeah, you know, just keep pushing forward and hopefully uh, exercise a little harder soon. <laughs> nice. And, you know, start getting back into shape because I uh, really miss that. That was like my, one of my favorite things to do. Uh, like I was, a, I was like a legit, like, you know, I, I did competition bodybuilding like i was that, that was what i wanted to be i just wanted to be a, a shredded man but, uh, <laughs> but you know so i want to get back to some sort of physical fitness and uh yeah and we're, we're both building a, a like a kind of a creative life i mean we're, we're both very involved in each other's um work and um yeah and i'm here to just support that um i'm here to watch it I think it's such an honor to like uh be here to be here in such close proximity to someone that I just know will just shoot for the stars so it's really an honor that's awesome yes. and Annie like I know we we had spoken quickly and you you had this some um, really great story of like how you started a company that I think all Floxies will will resonate with as far as like, we're so cautious with food and like, what are the ingredients and, and how we care for our body and what we're putting in it. And I'm so thrilled because you're doing that, right? Like, yes. well, it's really interesting, right? Because right now uh, with the COVID, um, there is so many um, just like trending, uh, like I'm in the CPG world, consumer packaged product world. 
And, um, you know, there's so many keywords out there that are trending right now, um, which is plant-based is one of them. Uh, what else? Uh, certain ingredients like chickpea is all up on the, you know, come up. And, but there's a disconnect with the words of plant-based and healthy and um, vegan, those things. So I, I became vegan actually because of him. And that, that's another uh, Leviquin situation. Uh, yeah, like, I, I became vegan because I was eating like a pound of meat a day, like when I was doing bodybuilding. And um, yeah, but I became vegan. <laughs> um, and I've been vegan for like five and a half years, almost six years now. Um, and, and I'm then, about five years, five yeah. years vegan. Um, and uh, yeah, you stopped eating meat because the animals are also fed that, like these antibiotics. Yeah. And you didn't want to consume the animals that have been fed the antibiotics. So. Yeah, I also read about that it was like a lower inflammation and that like part of this whole syndrome is like, you know, oxidative stress or something like that. Yeah. So I uh, tried to, you know, I tried to ameliorate the uh, situation there. But yeah, there's just such a disconnect now because now, um, you know, we're finding that vegan doesn't necessarily, and plant-based doesn't always mean healthy. There's so much processed food out there. And uh, part of what I hope to do, I'm a chocolatier and I um, just launched a product called Sweet Duet Chocolate, um, a luscious duo of dark chocolate and organic unadulterated fruit. And nice. the whole idea is that it's just taking this traditional concept of chocolate dipped fruit and taking it up another level. Um, I found, um, so as I'm also cleaning my lifestyle up too, eating much cleaner, I found that um, it was really hard to find chocolate dipped fruit that was 100% clean. All the fruits are uh, preserved with sulfur dioxide, um, added sugar for taste, um, colorants for looks, you know, um, just all of that shit in the food and then on top of that the the chocolate you know you have your refined sugar you have um yeah like less than soy soy is one of those things that i know you guys are um uh trying to avoid so all of those just unnecessary things i said no to all of that stuff and i created this product for all of us everybody in this world so that we can have less of what is toxic to us and less of sugar, because we really don't need as much sugar as we're having. So part of the roadblocks I've had with my product is that um, a lot of mainstream people uh, feel that it's not sweet enough, but I'm trying to kind of hold my ground because I know that when we start wean off, weaning off of sugar, our taste palates will change and we will appreciate something that's less sweeter. So um, yeah, my... Uh, my goals and hopes is to grow this business and make my product sort of like the new norm, like the new sort of, I mean, Eminem might be shooting too far, but you know, something that people like, it, I, I hope that it would be a household name for the sake of everybody's health. So that's, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I love people that are health conscious. I feel like every person that goes through fluoroquinolone toxicity becomes like a health guru in their family, right? They're, they're these alternative diets and these, this mindset around food and you guys are nailing it, right? You're doing like a plant-based diet, super healthy, and then you're making great plant-based snacks. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. So Chris, if you had to put 
the, your top three things that helped you the most throughout the last few years get pieces of your life back, what do you think those three things would be? That's like kind of a hard, hard thing. It's got to um, be. A, people love lists. <laughs> love lists, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say that like for my specific problems that any particular supplement necessarily helped me. I would say maybe just like the first thing is like try to have. And I know that this is probably hard for some people that are like even more disabled. Uh, like, but just try to have something to focus on that is interesting to you that like you can create a story in your head of you like progressing along some path so that it feels like you're moving forward in at least one aspect of your life. I mean, even if, even if that's like a game or something, you know, just something to, to uh, keep you occupied um, and, in, and po hopefully in a positive way, you know, uh, um, and I think definitely like learning about the diet and being more in tune with how foods affected me. Um, like I, I, I notice uh, sometimes when I eat certain foods, I especially notice this about um, like a few times I've had like cheese at a restaurant by accident. Like they just accidentally put something in uh, when I went out and I like noticed immediately the like effect that it has like on the gut and, and, uh, and on my, my body and stuff like that. So um, trying to hone in on an awareness. So that's the second thing, I guess, like being aware. Have, so one, have, have something to progress along, even if it's a small thing. Two, being more, try to be more aware of your body. Um, and then the third one is, uh, yeah, just, just, be, just be honest with people and uh yeah be honest with with yourself and with people because um yeah holding stuff back causes anger and like anger is a big kind of negative thing that i think holds a lot of people back myself included still dealing with it really but um i think being honest is uh super important for that um that thing for your life just in general Actually, that's probably um, really what's kept our relationship so healthy is the uh, is the honesty, you know, the communication, mm -hmm. straightforward, you know, say how you feel all the time. Uh, only got one life, so you know, just mm -hmm. be real. Yeah, only got one life, so you might as well just spend it with one quality person. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, you guys are nailing it. Like. Those are really inspiring words, though. Those top three are, are, are definitely things people should strive for. Um, feel the simplest things to do aren't always supplements. And, and diet, it's more mental, right? Mental agility, being okay with things, being honest and open with people. And, you know, that relieves a lot of anxiety that comes with this, right? Yeah. So that's... <laughs> It's always nice. I mean, even if people don't understand you, it's whatever. At least you told them what happened to you. If, you know, if they don't believe you, that's on them, right? Yeah. It's really interesting. A lot of the people that I've told about this um, 
because I've told more people about it recently because especially since I've been going through the treatment, I'm, I'm trying to take it easy and people are asking me like, hey, what's up? You want to do this or that? And I'm like really trying to take it easy at the moment. Um, so I'm like telling people what's going on, like what's been happening, um, trying to make people understand. It's really interesting. Some people are like totally uh, like, oh, wow, that's that's so crazy. Like, you know, because it's no, not that many people know what it's like to be affected by this thing that like is supposed to like make you heal from an infection or whatever. And it's like, and then, you, and then it like affects you for years. And that's just, a, I think a rare experience to have. So not a lot of people are really uh, aware of, of it or they don't know um, what it feels like. And I think that's part of, maybe that's part of my problem or this part of our problem in general with this thing is like kind of expecting people to maybe not understand like not exactly understand like you don't know exactly what i'm going through mm -hmm. and that like kind of creates a separation um, between people uh or between yourself and other people and, yeah. uh, do you feel like if you had a little less of that mentality it would be uh, more able to connect with them more or make them understand deeper maybe maybe i think it would just be better for me to not have to not like you know it's a it's like kind of a negative thing to think that like oh you you don't really know what i'm going through like you'll never know what i'm going through unless you like took this uh thing um mm -hmm. and have this experience so um yeah so maybe that's something i gotta gotta let go of but, uh, but definitely telling more people about it. I've uh, like a lot of people, everybody that I've, you know, my close friends that I've let know about this are understanding. Some family members are a bit confused, you know, but, uh, but it's been, you know, positive for the most, most part. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, letting go of um, looking for sympathy or understanding from most people is kind of like a, hard fight to fight because you're not going to win everybody but the the people that understand you and, and want to support you are probably going to be your biggest advocates and support system so those are the people that really matter but um it's a it's a it's a weird thing to tell somebody that you took an antibiotic and it kind of like took pieces of your life away because that doesn't sound right right like you think like some other drug like chemotherapy or something but it's uh it's a real thing So it's, um, it's, it's exciting though, that you guys have like a great relationship. You're still, they're still doing things. You guys have goals. It's, it's awesome. Cause this, this does do a number on relationships, but it seems like you guys have weathered the storm pretty, pretty well. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. It sounds like you and Emily too. Yeah. So she, um, she, I have no idea how she stayed with me this long because <laughs> I've put her through the ringer in my opinion, but when we first met, I told her um, that I had this thing um, and she believed me and she just saw beyond that, right? She just saw like what I was doing to, to like what I was giving to the relationship that she was receiving and she, that's all she cared about. Um, Cause I don't think this should define you. I think it should just be a piece of you, but doesn't have to define you or your relationship. And she, she understood that. So she, um, 
she's a therapist too. So she, she helped me tremendously. I still have some PTSD from this and she's actually trying to do group therapy with Floxies cause she's helped me and she's trying to help others. But uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a lot, right? Like all these me- mechanical things going on in your brain all the time from this. And then to bring that into a relationship with her, it's been really amazing. Cause she's, she helps me reflect on like, why am I, why am I feeling this way and how to turn things around. Um, and it seems like you guys have that too with your communication, right? Like you guys have like the, the back and forth, you work through things pretty well. Yeah. If we have, if we have a problem, I mean, there's no other way, but to uh, state the, what you think the problem is and then to si- try to find a solution or, or something because otherwise you know it just gets bottled up and gonna blow up later at some I mean, point don't get me wrong there's certainly been times of you know like emotional explosion oh, yeah. i mean like those things totally happen yeah and, and uh, you know and and like a a moment of just sheer you know just disbelief and not understanding and that that is there yeah. until you know, there's more communication from him and apologies for letting those emotional outbursts happen. Mm-hmm. And then sort of smoothing things out and remembering why you're together in the first place, the love. I mean, for us, I feel like the love has been number one. It's been so strong. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know why. <laughs> no, and it's, yeah. So like we, we always come from love first for sure. Um, awesome. And, and, and just, I feel like we only see a future with one another. So because that is our sort of, you know, it's, that is our future and, you know, you manifest your future, you sort of, imagine um and you picture yourself in the future and as long as that is there the idea that we will stay together the rest is just a very tumultuous journey (laughs) but i mean it's still a lovely journey but it's tumultuous but you'll get there yeah so true it really is true (laughs) it was um it was a fantastic hour spending with you guys and, and learning both your stories and, and how you guys have gotten to to where you are in a relationship through this and Chris what you've gone through hearing your story I hear a lot of my story and your story and I'm assuming everyone else listening to this podcast is going to hear a lot of the things that they've been through and it's always nice to hear that we're not alone yeah indeed I'm learning that uh, through this whole uh, whole thing and uh, going through the the treatment at Dr. G's meet so many cool people you know yeah. Um, it's, yeah. Uh, it's really cool. I've met so many cool people. Yeah. Right? People are um journey with you guys in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like this um it's like this roller coaster that we're all getting on together and just going and, yeah. and just you know, there's a lot of excitement with treatment and there's a lot of excitement going through like healing journeys, right? Like having a hopeful bias and, and feeling the hope and then getting treatment or, or getting any kind of like win in your life, you get these like things back and to witness that I have been very fortunate. I've, I've been a part of a lot of people's healing and it's, it's been, um, it's been a blessing. It's made me really want to live a full and happy life and help people. And you guys are helping people right now by telling your story, honestly, which is amazing. And what you're doing now with this. And then also like that, uh, infrared, thing i mean i think it's so incredible like where all of this experience has brought you in your professional life 
So, it's so crazy. I was a professional BMX rider. I rode for Radio Disney till I was 27. I was an electrical engineer. That's what I was doing for my day job. And then riding my BMX bike, doing flips over, backflips over like little kids at Radio Disney. Uh, going to the gym, took a prescription. It's for, like probably four or five months later, I just couldn't like walk and couldn't ride my bike anymore. Quit my job. And then it was a mess. It was a mess after that, like three years. And then I just started to slowly work my way back to health by convincing doctors that I had like really bad Lyme disease, give me an IV. And this is way before Dr. G or any of these doctors were doing anything. And it's been a long journey. I'm trying to prevent people from that. I feel like people should get back to their life sooner than seven, eight years. It's too long. 100%. That's really interesting. Uh, the, uh, you, so your thing with um, your, your way of convincing doctors was to uh, try to convince them that you had like Lyme disease. Yeah, I took a Western blot test. I had Lyme markers. Um, I, ha I had Lyme disease twice. Once was really bad. My liver shut down. It's crazy. I was in the hospital. That's when they, that post-op, they had given me ciprofloxin because I started to have like really bad pelvic issues, um, night sweats. Like they, they had given me a Z-pack and like a, a shot and a bunch of other stuff. And like, we'll just take Cipro. That's <laughs> like, this is all we got left. And it was because I had like prostatitis type of symptoms um, after I took doxycycline, which kind of alleviated the Lyme disease. And that's when everything got like destroyed. So I was just reaching out to naturopathic doctors treating Lyme disease and be like, I need glutathione. I need vitamin C. I need B vitamins. And like, I was convincing them to do that. Like I knew it was the fluoroquinolone, but nobody cared. <laughs> so I had to just be like, I have Lyme disease. I need IV. So that kept me going for a long time. IVs and prolotherapy. Um, but I still wasn't able to ride my bike or, or really do anything of meaning that meant something to me at that point. And then I started to learn all these other tools that I didn't know that I had, like using my brain. What's that? Do you ride now? Kind of, sort of. Um, I can ride my bike. I'm just afraid of getting hurt. I have so much PTSD that I haven't processed. I'm afraid to like go out and do something super physical and then have a setback and then put my family through that again. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but my mind thinks it's going to, so I don't want to chance it. Yeah, so, you know, Chris, I mean, you felt a little bit of that, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm over here working out with like 10 pound dumbbells after, uh, you know, I, I was like training to be a power lifter and I, yeah, it's progressing up in weight. Like is like, I, I don't know, you know, I'm going to like do these tens until they feel so light. It would be like absolutely absurd for me to not go to 12. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's my plan right now. Uh, we're laughing together about that because it sounds silly, but it's so true. It's like that mental block that is the worst symptom of this is the, the fear. And I don't even know if it, if it, if it's a thing, I mean, it is a thing, but it's hard to work through that for, for me anyway. Yeah. But I've ridden my bike, you know, after treatment with Dr. G, I was, I got on my bike and pedaled around and, and, you know, did some like manuals, which are like wheelies kind of. And I, I did a couple jumps, but I'm like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I just get in my head too much, but you know, I jog now and I, I walk around and I have less pain. So it's the little things that count in my life pretty much. 
I'm, I'm happy that you guys are getting pieces of, of you know, your, your life back, Chris, and your relationship is probably changing because of that. You're probably a more hopeful person, right? A little different yeah, perspective. Super, super negative uh, most of the time, like 90, 90 plus percent of the time, I was really negative. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that, actually. Yeah, you were pissy, pissy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then I'd get pissy, pissy. And like, yeah, so, yeah. And, be pissed <laughs> it permeates the room right it certainly does so i'm uh, i'm super excited that you guys are doing this and i'm i'm so happy we met it's been a blessing same same yeah loved what you've heard on this week's episode well well the answer is simple it would mean the world to us if you could head over to itunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.